This program is sponsored by Wilsey Asset Management. Welcome to your commercial-free, uninterrupted investment show. Sponsored by the SEC-registered investment firm, Wilsey Asset Management, a fiduciary firm owned and operated by President Brent Wilsey, who has been putting clients' investment needs first for over 40 years. The Smart Investing Show has been giving unbiased financial information for over 27 years on local radio stations right here in San Diego, providing you with fundamental analysis on stocks and investments you want to know about. Now, here are your hosts. Brent and Chase Wilsey. Well, good morning and welcome to the Smart Investing Show. I am Brent Wilsey and thank you for joining us this morning. I've been doing the Smart Investing Show here in San Diego on local radio for 28 years now. I'm going to change that. You say 27. I'm going to make that 28 years now because I think it has been October. Uh, if you have investment questions or want a fundamental analysis of a stock you own or looking at buying, selling, or holding, please call in at 866 577 Two four seven three. Again, that's eight six six five seven seven two four seven three. And as always, that I get you through for your unbiased, no strings attached, fundamental opinion about what you want to talk about. Well, good morning, Chase. How you doing? Good morning. Good. Good to be here. Well, we do have to make a comment because we're on Facebook Live as well, and we have to comment on your shirt because people might think like, "Gosh, you know, you you, you went bankrupt or something. Your shirt's all torn. It's all messed up and everything." Uh, you're going to a Halloween event after this, right? So, oh, we're just going to brunch, but uh, we're going to wear a costume. So, yeah, I'm a, a lifeguard that got attacked by a shark. So, and what? And <laughs> uh, oh, well, yeah, my girlfriend's a shark. So, you know, it, it's a nice little couple costume, I guess. <laughs> a lot of couple costumes going on this year. I mean, it happens every year, I'd say. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've never done that. I just. Uh, well, I, my my friend. Last year was a bunny and his girlfriend was a carrot. So that, that was an interesting <laughs> one. <laughs> it was actually our financial planner. <laughs> yeah. Or oh, was it really? Yeah. Okay. And, and Harrison's what, 6'3", 240, <laughs> yeah. and he was a bunny? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. let's talk about investing. I don't but, go on that note, happy Halloween. I hope everybody yes. has a, a good Halloween. You know, a little different this year, but. And don't forget uh, that tonight you set your clocks back. So yeah. you fall back. So you're going to. Get an lose. extra hour. You get an extra hour this time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's good. I, I think. Fix it. Yeah. 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 An extra hour. Yeah. So I'll still wake up. I normally wake up at six, so I'll probably wake up at five tomorrow. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, um, all right. Well, let's talk about uh, what's going on in the financial world here. Our favorite company that uh, Brendan, our producer, just loves when we talk about this one is Tesla and also GM Super Cruise. Tesla, you know, gets much of the credit for being technology advanced. But according to Consumer Reports, which is very, very widely read, been around for a number of years, GM Super Cruise tops the list of assisted driver technology, and Tesla's autopilot is a distant second. And I, I was so happy we saw this this week because last week we talked about the Hummer and so forth and, and how great GM was. And I, I made a statement that, you know, I was like, well, you know, GM, uh, they're competing against Tesla. And I said, they're superior. And I was like, ah, well, I guess it's more competition. Well, then this report came out this week and I was like, I just should have just stuck to the guns that they were superior to right. Tesla. <laughs> but looking at this here, the, the Super Cruise scored 69 out of 100, <clears throat> while Tesla's autopilot scored 57 and Ford's Copilot 360 system came in at 52. So, I mean, the, the the Super Cruise by GM, a lot of people forget they have that cruise technology. I mean, they are doing a great job there in the AV world, the autonomous <laughs> vehicle world. And, you know, I, I did think we were going to have autonomous vehicles by now, and it, it's kind of been pushed back. But 
GM is definitely still leading in that front. Yeah, and, and it's a big uh, kudos for them, and, and, and they just don't get the credit. Now, could you imagine if GM traded the multiples that Tesla does? Uh, what would it be? Um, It'd be like a trillion-dollar company. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It would be huge. Um, but, but it's something that people need to kind of look at, and, and GM has just done a great job. We've always bragged about the CEO, Mary Barr, what a great job she's done. Uh, I think there's a lot more good things for GM going forward as they continue to develop these new systems. And I believe it was Honda invested, what, a couple billion was it into the uh, cruise system of GM? Yeah. And I think there's another company as well. So it's, I, I, I think that's going to set uh, set some records, uh, you know, five years from now. I think we'll see some great things with them. I know. I'm excited. And the other thing, too, I think it, it could create an opportunity for more like of a, a reoccurring type revenue system, perhaps, if they do get into like autonomous taxis, kind of like a, a yeah. lift type comp competition. Um, so, I mean, there, there's some opportunities for GM to really shift its business model, I think. And I don't know if they still have. I know GM held, I want to say 10, 15% of Lyft. Did they sell that or they still have that? I'm, hey, I'm not completely sure on that. Yeah. I, I think they still have it, but then there's in the way back of my mind, did they sell it? I don't, I don't think so. I yeah. think they still have it. So obviously that's what they would use probably for the first. Well, and they invested in Lyft, but they could also say, oh, we're just going to do it on our own. I mean, because oh, that's, that, that, that's the thing is GM is way more technologically advanced than, than people give them credit for. Right. Is, I mean, they, they could come out with their own platform like that, I would say. And I've not looked at their balance sheet uh, lately, um, but I know last time they had, I, I want to say, like, if I remember correctly, like $28 billion in cash. Yeah. Yeah. I, a lot of cash. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a great company. And as you said, I mean, Mary Barr, she's done a fantastic job. And, um, you know, it's not the old GM. It, it's, no. it's, it's a great company. And I believe they're a per report earnings next week. Very excited to see what goes on there. Yeah, because Ford reported this past week, and they just blew away the estimates. Well, we got that coming up, too. Oh, did I talk about, oh, We're talking about Ford in a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, and I, I was going to say, too, uh, you know, <laughs> it's funny. GM's going to report next week, and I, I don't know. Do we make it three weeks in a row we're going to talk about GM? Probably not. So yeah. you're going to have to follow that report yourself. Well, we got to keep because Brendan just loves when we talk about Tesla, so we didn't <laughs> let him down today. So uh, not that he loves Tesla, he just... Let's he move hears on. It all the time. He yeah. hears it all the time. Yeah. Let, let's talk about it. And this is so important because, you know, a, a lot of in the mainstream media this past week was, oh, cases, 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 and, and oh, things are terrible. Well, let's look at the positive economic news that came out. I mean, because there's just so much negativity out there. Here are some positives that came out this past week that you may have missed. Number one was third quarter GDP saw record growth of 33.1%, which beat the estimate of 32%. And and for comparison purposes, Q1 2020 GDP was 21.6 trillion versus Q3 2020 GDP of 21.2 trillion. Now that's a decline of just 1.9 percent, and many didn't believe. We back in April. I remember back in April they're saying, "Oh my gosh, it's going to take us five years to get back to normal. GDP is not going to come back." That's one thing we're talking about today that did come back tremendously, and I think there's more to come. Yeah, I, I agree, and. Um don't get me wrong, Q4, we're not going to see another 33% no. gain. <laughs> and that's that's the funniest thing I'll say about the media as well, is they'll, they'll talk about, oh, well, yeah, there's growth, but it's slowing. It's like, okay, well, yeah, you, you can't have 33% growth on GDP all the time. <laughs> they talk about it's like a negative thing. Like, if we can do even, I'd say, 5% GDP in the fourth quarter, which I think is very doable, yeah. of course, 
that's still a positive. We're still coming back. We're still growing. I, I mean, people like to get so negative, and that's why we like to look at these positives. And, I mean, speaking of another positive here, so far, Q3 earnings have been, I mean, just absolutely fantastic for these S&P companies, with 85% of them beating earnings. And sit down here, because you're going to have to stand up. I mean, this is <laughs> this is crazy. The average beat has been 18.3% compared to historic average of 3 to 5%. I mean, that is just a huge difference. And a lot of it does stem from the uncertainty from analysts. Right. But I will say their uncertainty has been extremely pessimistic, and it is fantastic they are beating to the upside. And people are like, oh, well, yeah, they weren't sure. It's like, okay, well, great. They're still beating on a positive manner, which is it's very good for the economy. And if you remember back when our show, we were saying that we are going to come back quicker. And things we were looking at were such things as the $25 trillion sitting in cash back then. I've not looked at it in the last couple of months, but that was on liquid money. So things like this we saw, there's other things we looked at saying, no, we are going to have a rebound. Businesses aren't going to do bad. Uh, the demand will be there. Uh, all the stimulus coming in. So but there's people, and you got to be very careful. That's why our slogan at our firm is no emotions, just results, because people are negatively emotional saying, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. We're going to have 2 million people dead by by uh, the end of the year. And we said, no, wait a minute. We're putting billions and billions of dollars into treatments, into vaccines and, and care and so forth, and businesses setting up barriers of, you know, plastics. So you, I, I mean, all these things were done that we knew what happened. It just doesn't stay like, oh, this is terrible, and we just fold our tents and go home. No, Americans, we work on getting back to it, and that's why we'll continue to move forward. And I am so excited about December 2021. And if you're still sitting in cash because you're concerned about the election on Tuesday, you're concerned about the cases, you're going to miss some big run-ups between now and the end of 2021. You say 2021? That's such a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. Uh, investors look at, at 2021 minutes <laughs> yeah. is the problem. <laughs> and I, I did want to bring up, too, I mean, kind of speaking on these earnings, is I, we have seen these companies report. You might be saying, yeah, but did you see the stock market yesterday and the day before? And it's been terrible. A lot of it is coming from the cases. The other thing that I'm seeing as well is, you know, Facebook, Apple, mm-hmm. Amazon, they all beat on the earnings front. But the problem is their valuations are just out of control. So even though they might be beating, what happens with these companies is they start to trade on different kind of trends and excitement and so forth. So like Facebook, for example. Well, Facebook, yeah, they beat on earnings, but their users decline. That's a terrible problem for that company. So people that bid up that stock to those levels, they're not buying it for the earnings. Where if you look at value companies, I mean, I can say this, while the market was down, we've actually done quite well compared to the market this last month because we own the value companies that actually trade on the fundamentals, not the trends of the excitement and so forth where you're seeing the Amazons and the Apple or Apple, they reported, you know, uh, I'll say pretty, pretty bad iPhone 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 sales. sales, And that's why the stock declined, even though they beat on sales and earnings, because that's what it's trading on. So that's the problem with investing on the trends and investing in high multiple companies is they could beat on earnings. But if the reason that people are buying it doesn't come true, then the stock's going to fall. Right, right. And and sometimes that can continue on. We'll, we'll see. And it's going to happen one time. It happened back in the tech bus where eventually like people, they, they change that momentum. We're like, yeah, it's not going to come back. They're not going to do that. The 5G is not going to be what it's going to, this great thing right away. It's going to take two years for it to really take off. Maybe we shouldn't be buying Apple. So, so we'll see. Maybe we shouldn't be buying Amazon. And, and Amazon was a, a, a another one too. They did very well. But you can only go so high before things start coming back. And when that momentum changes, I'll never forget these questions. People, where did the money go? 
the money went nowhere. It's just that nobody wanted to pay that high price for that business. And it, they think it went somewhere. No, it's just like you have an, a, a product to sell and people don't want to pay the price that you paid for it. So, you know, the greater fool theory. It's, a, it's the same thing as your house. It's like you can't list your house for a million five and, and it's only worth 800000 It's just not going to sell. You know? sell. Exactly. So, um, and, and you're right. I did kind of jump ahead here a little bit. I was just so excited about but the 40 area earnings came in. Uh, 65 cents, well above the estimate of 19 cents. Again, 65 cents versus the estimate of 19 cents. And revenue also topped the estimates. The company pointed to strong demand for its trucks, SUVs, and commercial vehicles. This seems to be the trend that they're, they're kind of going with. And they don't, I, I think they, they, they can. And a lot of manufacturers, I've, I think I've said this every week, cannot keep up with the demand manufacturing. We need to get people back to work to manufacture. Yeah. And I, I mean, the thing too that I look at is, I mean, if we were in a weak economy, demand for these large ticket items would, would not be strong. I mean, we, we'd be struggling and people would not be buying new trucks and SUVs if, if, if we were in a great recession like 2009. Right. I, it's just a completely different type of recession. This was a man-made recession with the lockdown-induced closures of businesses. I mean, that's the reason we saw so much difficulty, but that's why it's coming back so much quickly, quicker is because it wasn't a financial crisis. It was a COVID crisis, I'll call it. Yeah, yeah. And every Friday night, I generally go out to, to, to dinner with my my fiance, Christina. Uh, we went to a Ventano's Wine and Dine Escondido. Ventana's? Ventana's. What did I say? Ventano's. Ventano's? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I go Gotta to, give them credit, though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah Ventana's. Uh, wine and Dine. I'm gonna make sure I get the Wine and Dine there, because yeah. that, that's important. But they're up in Escondido, the, the Lexus uh, dealership there. Uh, not an empty seat in the house. Um, couldn't even get inside to eat, we had to eat outside, but a beautiful patio out there. Yeah. But it was packed with people, and people kind of dressed up. I mean, it's like wow, it looked again like well, people want to get back to normal, and they are social distancing, they're wearing their masks, they're doing all these things. But um, things are looking better, and I think every single week, a little bit better, a little bit better. And I did want to kind of circle back to the Ford discussion as well. Is you know, I was happy to see them beat earnings, and and their stock did quite well. And I think what you're starting to see is. You're talking about this reopening of the economy, and it is progressing. These are the places you want to be is the stocks that are trading still well below. I mean, that's the great thing about investing in companies. You're not buying the stock market. There is still a ton of stocks that are on a 50% discount to where they were trading at the beginning of the year. You want to try and find those companies that are going to benefit from the reopening of the economy that have good balance sheets. And yes, I will tell you, they are going to be volatile. But if things go the way we believe they will in 2021, where we will continue to have this reopening, it's going to continue to get better and better and better. These are going to be the stocks that win, not the technology stocks that have already gained 100, 200, right. 300 percent this year. Those are not going to be the winners of 2021 if we have reopenings. I mean, think about it. If Zoom parties are, are no longer a thing, I, I don't know about you, but I've never done a Zoom party. I don't want to do a Zoom like party. It. I don't like yeah. it. It's been a great thing for us in terms of business and being able to talk to people without having them come into the office. But for a social aspect, I, I don't think a Zoom party is ever going to be a thing once we have a return to normalcy. Yeah. And and people like to socialize. I mean, that's that's very important for people. We will go over this COVID thing. And, and again, I, I you talk to a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people. The thing I get like, oh, the stock market's so high. No. Oh, and then I, I have to is. say, yes, the stock market's high, but you don't understand the stock market. About 23% of the stock market is made up about from five companies. 
uh, and we're talking about the S&P 500. But there are so many. We found a great company this past week. I think it was actually yesterday. Like, wow, let's look deeper. This company is off, what, I think 50% from its high, cut in half. I mean, it is just a phenomenal uh, business that has been around for many years, and we're going to look into it. We'll, we'll probably hopefully do the investment maybe in two, three weeks after we do all the research on it. But it's just something that y- if you look and you understand what you're doing, and I will say the problem that people have when it comes to investing, they don't have the time. I mean, we, we do this, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, and it's hard to do it because, again, maybe one company, but in our portfolio, we generally have 15 to 18 companies. So the average person, and it's hard to get that much time to really focus and do the research, but when you do it, you can find some good values out there. The other problem, too, I mean, you talk about not having the time, but the other problem is we generally don't buy companies that are exciting. We think they're exciting, but I mean, like the company you're talking about, right. I'll kind of give a little bit away here. It's a, it's a technology company. Right. But it's not the sexy yeah. Zoom that, oh, wow, it's up 300. Wow, I got to get into this. It's, oh, that doesn't sound very exciting. You're going to buy that company is generally right. the reaction people have. And it's like, are you serious? They have great earnings, great sales. They have a lot of investments in these other pipelines that could be very, very strong. But people, they, they don't like it because it, it's not exciting. There's no wow factor. Right, right. Uh, we, we do, and I'm going to give a little tip here. People do this, some research because I posted it last week on, on uh, Facebook. Um, one company we do hold, I don't know if they'll tell them the name, but the company owns the hard seltzer Zizzy. Busy. And, What's that? Vizzy. Did I mess it up too? <laughs> You're a, Why did I say Zizzy? Busy. Wow, gosh, what a great promoter I am today. Can't get the restaurant right. Can't get busy right. <laughs> I thought I slept well last night. I don't know what happened. Busy. <laughs> See, and actually, by doing this, people will remember Vizzy. If I just yes. said Vizzy first off, they yeah. will remember it. But, but anyways, very exciting company. I mean, that is something that they, that, and they've got other things coming out as well. They, they've got an agreement with Coca-Cola to do the first alcoholic beverage. Um, they've got another product coming out. So we're going to have four seltzers, I think, over the next year that are coming out that are major gainers, uh, and they're going to have double digits of, of the, the the market. I think that's exciting. I mean, and if you drink enough of them, you get pretty excited as well. <laughs> I had a few last night and probably have a few today. I mean, they're, they're, they're really good. You know? Well, they're good, and they have antioxidants in it. And also vitamin C. So you're doing something good for yourself as well. Yeah, except there's still 100 calories. <laughs> <laughs> well, but again, you could have 10 and only 1,000 calories. So if you had other drinks, it'd be two or three. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. So, so, so do yourself a favor. Have a busy tonight. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's move on here and talk about something else that's kind of fun. Uh, payment technology is changing the way people are looking at cash. With COVID, advancements in payment technology like Venmo are changing how people look at using cash. According to a recent study, just 16% of consumers say they always carry cash. Now, this is amazing to me because, well, I'll let you, and I'll tell you it's amazing to me because I guess you, you look at me, you know, I'm older, you know that I'm carrying cash. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of to that point, I mean, baby boomers, which is part of your generation there, were the most likely to carry cash. As a report showed 59% said they carry it most or all the time. Uh, no surprise there. Millennials and uh, Gen Z don't don't really carry cash as frequently. Uh, but there's also some interesting kind of data here as well that even once the pandemic ends, 58% of those polled said they wouldn't go back to using cash. And that one surprised me. But I, I, I guess, and, and again, let, let's do a survey here. Um, let's see. Okay. I got cash. I got nothing. You got empty pockets on my phone. Let's ask Brendan. <laughs> Brendan, do you have cash? I got cash. Oh, okay. And I won't ask your age, but you're, you're, you're definitely younger than me. So. <laughs> but, but it is something that I just, if I don't have cash, I feel broke. I feel like I, I'm, I'm a homeless person with no money. I, I've got to have that cash in my pocket. 
And if I have cash, I feel like I'm going to lose it and I'm going to lose my money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and, and, and I think there's probably people in between two saying, well, why do I need the cash? Because I'm going to pay for everything. Except how do you tip when you go to the, the valet? Maybe you don't use a valet. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to go get cash if I know I'm going to a valet at some right. point. So I, I, I'll, I'll get it if I have to. Right. But the other thing, too, is people say, and I'm kind of weird, I guess, with my finances, but people say, oh, with cash, you're less likely to spend more. Well, I, I think that is true for some people because, oh, you have to outlay the cash and it's a little bit more of like a stressful thing. But myself, I, I don't really like like to spend a whole lot you're of money. thrifty. Yeah. So I, I, I'm pretty disciplined on you that. You can tell by the shirt you wore today. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing, too, is the reason I like using all electronic payments is I have a very kind of strict budgeting plan that I stick to. So when I use all the digital stuff, I can see everywhere my expenses went. If you start spending cash, you have to think back, well, how much did that cost me there? And you kind of start to lose track of what you spent your money on. Or with the digital payments, I know exactly where I spend all of my money. So, And you don't get cash back when, well, you do get cash back, I guess, if you, <laughs> you, <laughs> you pay with change. that. It's called change. But you don't right. get cash back rewards. You don't make when you, money off this. Exactly. Cash, right, so right. That, that that's kind of why I like to use more of the credit cards and, and stuff like that rather than the cash. But... I don't know. It's different, too, with Venmo now, too. I mean, it's such an easy society not to right. have cash. And if you remember, I kind of remember this one, when I think you were, in, I think, playing Pop Warner football, and I've always been known to carry a couple hundred dollars on me and so forth, $100 bills, and, like, your friend's like, wow, he's got all this cash on him. I don't really use those $100 bills anymore, because you're right, I kind of do use a credit card. They're there, but I don't. And sometimes you can't even use them. You give them to somebody like, oh, well, we can't take that. So, <laughs> but but I still, and I never went, I, I went to a motivational thing years ago. And the thing was, like, if you have a $100 bill in your pocket, you feel better. Um, because, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel scared. <laughs> I feel scared. Like, <laughs> but, but it was just something that you feel better because you feel wealthy, like you have yeah. something. So that's where I kind of learned it. That was probably 15, 20 years ago. So I've always carried a couple hundred dollars and hundred dollar bills on me. So it's like, and I, I, I feel better, but I, you know, I'm not using it any longer. So it, it is kind of strange. So you know what? We, we got up in the phone lines. I just looked up, but we're having too much fun here this morning. Uh, phone number is 866-577-2473. Again, that's 866-577-2473. Two four seven three, and as always, that'll get you through for your unbiased, no strings attached, fundamental opinion about what you want to talk about and what we do. Did you have something? Oh, yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, is that we go over the valuation ratios of the business that you're looking at buying again? We we call them businesses, equities. You may call them stocks. We go the valuation ratios. We go the the what the the uh, amount of uh, money they're using to pay out the dividend, the the, the dividend payout ratio, the, the uh, sales growth, earnings growth, the balance sheet. Uh, receivable turnover, inventory turnover, all these different things to really help you understand more about the business. You had a comment? Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I know you printed it. I don't know if you brought it oh, with yeah, you. Okay. It, yeah. And uh, it's actually, his name is William. He actually commented on our Facebook as well, uh, just kind of his note that he, he gave us there. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't see his name on here, uh, but it is William. Yeah, so, because he said William, biggest fan in South Korea. And I, I knew that that's yeah, from the note. That didn't print out here. So, yep. But anyway, so, so William, uh, biggest fan in South Korea, back again. Uh, I asked uh, months ago about Corning, GLW, based on the surgeons of 5G and their stockpilings of fiber optic capacity. It was $26 uh, dollars per share then, and the recommendation was that you love the company but did not want to buy it at $26 a share. Uh, it has been up quite a bit since then. Would you still consider it a no-buy weight? 
for a better price. So let's take a look at the Corning. Their symbol is GLW. Uh, okay, now I always got to do this. I got to find my. I got all these wires here today. What's going on here? I mean, is this a wire? I guess it's my head. <laughs> my head says now. Now I lost my doggone mouse. I got to find it. Uh, come on, where is it? Uh, and Corning is one that we actually did own uh, before. We made some great money off it. I, I think I bought and sold it twice. I got to stop. You do some talking because I got to find my mouse here. I, <laughs> I might have to help you on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it is one. And I, I do recall William asking about Corning. I don't remember when exactly it was because there was a time where it was at 26 and fell further and maybe it was after the fall but i mean because we actually i'll say yeah we we bought corning right. during a dip earlier this year uh and then we we did end up selling it uh pretty recently here as well most of the time we don't sell within 12 months but i mean it, it was just on such a great discount and then it surged up so quickly that that we made a good profit off it and it hit our target sell price and it wasn't just a surge is that it hit its target sell price yeah. i mean the, the, the stock went way back up again and the earnings didn't change, so it hit our target sell price, so we sold. So let, let's take a look at Corning Incorporated, symbol is GLW. I finally found the mouse, so now I can kind of give you some numbers here. Uh, P-E ratio, very high. These are the last 12 months, 155 versus 28, so that's not a good start. Uh, price to sales, 2.3 versus 4.2. That's positive. Price to cash flow is 14 versus 19. Price to book value, 2.7. The industry does not have a book value. And by the way, we've got to point this out. These numbers are as of September 30th. Now in that, that earnings period, they may not always be current, but these are current. And uh, price to cash flow, 14.3 versus 19. Now they do pay a 2.7% dividend, but use 342% of their earnings to pay that out. I think looking closely at this, we we'll probably would find they had some write-offs maybe over the last year or something, so that would cause some problems there. Uh, looking at sales growth, uh, down uh, 8.1%. Industry was up 86 Earnings per share fell by 85%. Industry up 174 I remember we, we did like the balance sheet, very important for us. The current ratio is 2.1 versus 1.5. Debt to equity, 64 versus 105 and return on equity is only 1.8 versus 45. The net profit margin is only 2.7 versus 14.8. And inventory turnover checks in at 3.1 versus 6.3. And receivable turnover of 5.2 versus 11.1. So what do you got for the earnings over there? Yeah, and I did want to kind of touch on the earnings. And I, I remember uh, when we've held this company in the past, the reason that their earnings are so sporadic is because they do a lot of international business. And, and what they use is uh, currency kind of hedges to level out the cash flow. Um, and what it does is it, it changes since they're investing in things. They have to write off things a lot with the movement of those derivatives and, and, and uh, currency. So what that does is it it hurts their earnings. So this is one company we, we normally talk about gap earnings and stuff. We, we actually switch to a, a pre-exempt or a non-gap basis just because those currency contracts, well, it didn't hurt the business. It was just the level of mm -hmm. that was hurting the balance sheet and then hurting the income statement, the cash flow is still phenomenal. So that kind of is why the, the dividend payout ratio looks ridiculous and the PE also looks ridiculous. But moving forward here, I, I do see a current price of $31.97. 52-week high is $35.83 and 52-week low, well, that's $17.44. So as I said, I do remember earlier this year, it's like, are you serious? We can get this company at this price? <laughs> no, we, we got a great price, I remember. 
<laughs> but uh, looking here at December 2021, I do see estimated earnings per share of $1.86. That would give us a target sell price of $30.13. So right now, I mean, it's not one of these tech companies that is outrageously expensive, but it's just not a great value here. Right. And, and also, we're only a couple of months away from uh, looking at 2022. Uh, but even that's only two thirteen, so it's probably not going to raise your target price that much. So, and that's something you have to kind of, which we started kind of doing, like, well, well, let's look out to twenty twenty two because it's, you know, we we do like to look out, you know, year to two years. So, but it's still not worth it at, at that price. So we like the company, great company, but you know, if a pullback happens. That'd be the time to buy it. Yes. So, all right. I was going to say that opens up the phone line, but I looked up and I, I guess all fine phone lines are full. Uh, so let's go out to uh, Hamul and speak with Todd. Todd, you're in the Smart Investor with Brent Chase. How can we help you? Hey, uh, I wanted to ask about uh, uh, your your opinion on Bonanza Creek Energy, uh, BCEI, um, looking to possibly make a purchase in that. Okay. Uh, let's say it's a Bonanza Creek Energy Incorporated. Quite the name there. Uh, simple <laughs> BCEI. Never heard of this company. Uh, good start here. PE ratio. And again, it's an energy company. Five, which means they have uh, uh, earnings, which is good. Uh, energy, no PE ratio because no earnings. We do see price to sales, 1.5 versus 1.1. That's okay. Wow. Price to book value, 0.38 versus 0.83. And I say wow because for the tangible assets, of this company, you're paying 38 cents on the dollar. That could be uh, just a screaming fire sale. Uh, we do see price to sales 2.3 versus 2.8. They do not pay a dividend. Sales are down 15.9% year over year. Industry was down 18.1. We do see that the earnings fell by 60.4, but the industry was down 337. And we all know the energy industry has beaten up tremendously over the last, I'll say, six months here or so. Look at the balance sheet, uh, current ratio 1.7, above the industry at 1.2. That is good. Debt to equity, very good, 6 versus 80.8. Return to equity is a positive 7.7 versus a negative 26.9. Uh, net profit margin, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stumbling here because it's a positive 28.9. Checking to see that this is an energy company versus the industry at 43 negative. Receivable turnover 4.5 versus 6.1 and inventory turnover 7.5. Versus 9.2. Chase, what about the earnings going forward? You know, I did look into the company because I, I was curious on, on that, yeah. what type of energy company it was, but they're, they're an independent energy company engaged in the acquisition, exploration, development, and production of onshore oil and associated liquids-rich natural gas. So curious what the breakdown is there, but I, I'm just honestly mind-blown by these numbers. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I didn't think energy companies were able to, to make a profit here. But, uh, I mean, I look at the current price. It's $17.71. 52-week high is $25.56. And then 52-week low, $8.25. Now, I do want to point out, again, I, I, I'm just boggled by these numbers. I mean, the, the market cap is $368 million, which right. is a very small company. So, I mean, uh, at our firm, we wouldn't be able to get into a company this small because we'd move the market too much. But the reason I, I'm just mind blown is because there's seven analyst estimates for a company that's this small. Most of the time, you don't get that kind of analyst exposure. Right. And the other thing is I look at the estimated earnings in 2021, $2.99. That would give us a target sell price of $48.45. I mean, this company looks great, Todd. How do you hear about it? I mean, it, it's such a, a small kind of niche company. I'm surprised you heard about it here. Lose Todd? Todd, Todd yeah, yeah, honestly, a family member um, 
was talking about it, and I'm, and I'm not even sure how he heard about it. And uh, I started looking at it. I apologize for my car. No worries. Um, <laughs> there we go. We're done. And uh, I started. I started looking at it, and I also felt pretty good about it. And I started thinking, okay, if it's too good to be true, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Um, so. Yeah, I, that's that's the whole impetus for me calling in today is to you know kind of see if, if if you guys were you know, what am I missing type of thing here. Yeah, that's a big thing. What are, what are you missing? You you really want to kind of understand a lot more what the company does. It could be all maybe I'm trying to look for negatives. And when we buy a company, we look for reasons not to buy it, not reasons to buy it. So what you're going to look for is like maybe they're concentrated with one thing. Maybe they have a big contract with Chevron or something where if Chevron says, sorry, we're done with you, the company's going to fold. So you want to look for reasons not to buy the company. And if you can't find them, I mean, because what we're seeing here, definitely worth the research. And, and again, we're kind of going to be a little upset with if you buy it. And then, you know, a year from now, it's like, yeah, we made 50%. Like, well, we couldn't buy it. It's <laughs> yeah. too small for us. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I, I do think you might have a, a hidden gem here, Todd. I, as always, I mean, this is just the surface level research, but the, the right. surface level looks very, very strong for this company. And, of course, got to recommend the, the more research. But I, I think the, the numbers look great. Yeah, and, and this is a secret between you and I, so nobody else knows about this. So, uh, Todd, no, no other listener is going to be buying it. So. <laughs> I won't tell anybody. <laughs> right. Thanks for the call, Todd. All right. Appreciate your time. All right. Bye-bye. All righty. That does open the phone line, 866-577-2473. Again, that's 866-577-2473. And the other thing, too, Chase, uh, this past week you and I were talking about uh, we've got one energy company. We do believe that going forward, energy, there are some good plays out there. We're not alone in that. Uh, there's other experts as well. doesn't mean that tomorrow or on Tuesday, all of a sudden, the market's going to rally on energy companies. But looking down the road, you know, 12, 18, 24 months, we do believe there's some good plays in energy, which this company could be very good. I mean, talking about what we were talking about at the beginning of the show was kind of the reopening. Energy is going to be a big benefactor from reopening the economy. Yeah, yep. and there's people that, oh, it's not going to happen, you know, EVs and so forth. I think EVs are 1% of the market right now, and eventually that is going to happen. But I, I think we have at least around five years before you start turning things around. And we always remind people, don't forget, that oil is also used for the asphalt. A lot of roads being built, mm-hmm. uh, used in perfumes and, and chemicals, many different things that petroleum is used in. So be aware of that. All right, uh, let's head out to San Diego and speak with Tim. Tim, you're on the Smart Vest Show, Brent Chase. How can how can we help you here? Morning, guys. Uh, I heard about a company that Billy Bean, the guy that was behind Moneyball up in Oakland A's organization, was a part of to oh, try yeah. and acquire a piece of the Red Sox it's yeah. called Red Ball, RBAC. And I just thought, wondering what your thoughts are, how much, you know, what they would be doing in order to raise revenue. Is it just investing, you know, on the fact that maybe you own a piece of the Red Sox or what? Uh, okay, do you hold this or just kind of look and buy it? Looking to maybe buy it. Okay. Uh, it is kind of funny because it says Red Ball Acquisition Corporation, symbol is RBAC. Uh, looking at the numbers here, now these are numbers as of uh, June 30th, so they had not report new earnings here. But everything is blank except for the price to tangible book value of 465000 Let me see if there's anything else here. Uh, total debt to equity, 7220 versus two seventy eight. Uh, that's pretty much all I've got for numbers on the financial statements here. And this could be a very high-risk company. Chase, you have anything? I'm kind of, uh, you see anything on the company? Yeah, and, and kind of as you said there, Tim, I mean, it's looking to invest in in the Red Sox, so it's it's a SPAC. 
um, which is a special acquisition uh, company. So right now there's no numbers on it because you're investing in the idea. And I mean, it's kind of like, a, you know, Nikola, for example, they started off as a SPAC and they had no money, but then they bought into the Nikola and now they have that truck production. So it, it's, it's a similar idea where you're buying it on this theory of, Oh, I, I really like the Red Sox. And once they do acquire the Red Sox, hopefully, or, or a piece of it or, or something, then they'll start to have maybe some numbers, but that the SPACs scare me because if they, they don't get the acquisition, well, now you're just left with an empty company, a shell company, basically. Yeah. And, and I do remember, uh, we did some research on the SPACs and, and they, they really can favor the person putting those out. You really don't know what's going on. They may not do this. They may not do that. They're going to try to do this. A lot of risk there. I mean, but what would be great, obviously, if they do proceed and they do buy the Red Sox and you're a big fan, like, wow, this would be pretty cool to own part of the Red Sox, <laughs> but no guarantees that's going to happen. Yeah. This one, this one's definitely a, a fun one, Tim, yeah. but uh, it's no real investment at this point because you, you can't you can't decipher any numbers just yet exactly so yeah if you want some fun you got some gambling money maybe that uh, instead of betting on the games you bet on the company I, and if it does happen i think it'd be a huge investment you'd probably make ten thousand percent return well i mean yeah because you, you have companies already out there like gosh i think it's liberty media i believe is, is the name of yeah. it but that's mm-hmm. the atlanta braves um and they have something else and they have madison square garden which has ownership in, in sports teams and so forth so they're, they're kind of out there so i mean it's not a completely foreign idea. I don't know if they've gone the SPAC route before. Right. So um, it's, as I said, it's an interesting idea, but it's tough to analyze at this point. Yeah. And actually, I did a, a segment yesterday on uh, the fan. Uh, I think it was like at two or three o'clock, I forget the time. But anyway, he's talking about the valuations of, of uh, football franchises. And there is now four franchises that are over $4 billion in value. So the Red Sox, where's it going to be 10 years from now? I think higher. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good weekend. All right, Tim. Thanks for calling. Happy Halloween. You too. Happy Halloween. Bye-bye. All righty. That does open the phone line, 866-577-2473. Again, that's 866-577-2473. Let's go out to San Diego and speak with Bruce. Bruce, you're on the Smart Invest Show with Brett and Chase. How can we help you? I'm looking at Albertsons. I've seen a couple articles in the last on the Journal and uh, Burns, and uh, interested to buy. Okay, uh, two questions. Do you oh, interested to buy? So, so you don't hold it. Uh, do you shop at Albertsons? Yes, I do. Oh, okay, good. Because because I, I shop at Albertsons and Vons, and I do like Vons better than Albertsons. And Albertsons owns Vons right, now as well. Right. So yeah, so you still benefit from it, but I just like you know the, the name. So, anyways, let's let's take a look at the numbers here on uh, and and actually we we held I think before you came they used to be owned by Safeway, Safeway. Yeah. and we made some decent money on it but then we sold it and then they went through problems but um, looking at Albertsons Companies Incorporated uh, symbol is ACI great start here PE ratio six point eight versus twenty two point five wow price to sales point one versus zero point five two I say wow but then I realize that keep in mind grocery stores have a lot of little sales that they do. So there's a lot of sales that, that come through there. Unfortunately, price of tangible book value, not material versus 9.4 for the industry. And price of cash flow, very good, 2.7 versus 9.8. You do get a dividend of 2.7%. It shows uh, payout ratio is zero, so I'm not sure what's going on there yet. Uh, sales are up about 12% year over year, above the industry up 4.9. Earnings per share grew by 27.5. Industry is up only 17.6, so that's a positive. 
The balance sheet, uh, current ratio 1.1 versus 0.95. Debt to equity, not very good here. 283 versus 90. And that high debt does scare mm-hmm. me. And all the acquisitions I think they've done, they've probably really done it by, by debt acquisition. So they probably have a very weak balance sheet. Uh, return to equity looking very good. 51.6 versus 21.5. Net profit margin 1.5 versus 2.3. And we do see receivable turnover very good, 127 versus 54. Inventory turnover 11 versus 10.3. Chase, what do you got for the earnings going forward? Yeah, so current price here for Albertsons, $14.69. Now, 52-week low was $12.91, and the 52-week high was $16.50. And it is kind of interesting you called about this, Bruce, because we were looking at a different grocer uh, earlier this week, and I was doing some reading, and, and the grocery companies got a big benefit when the pandemic first started because, oh, you know, everyone's going to go grocery shopping and they're going to get a big benefit. But then people started to shift and get a little bit less optimistic on it because everybody was going to Walmart and Target and supposedly the one stop shops, which they were kind of taking more sales away. It's funny because the sales have still been good for these grocery stores, but it's like they almost benefited from all this hype, and then that hype dissipated. And now I think you have some opportunities in terms of the valuations. Because what I'm looking at here is if you go out to December 2021, the estimated earnings per share is, oh, excuse me, they actually report on a fiscal year. So it's now 2022. Uh, their average estimate is $1.67. We'll give you a target sell price of $27.05. I mean, the valuations on it are very, very strong. It's just that balance sheet is my big concern there. And, and the other thing, too, that we, we talked earlier in the show, we, we know that a lot of people are still not going out dining yet. Uh, that will... I think come around probably in 2021. And as that happens, you could see sales declines in these grocery stores. So you've got to be very careful to overpay for them. And I just don't, I, I don't like that debt. I think they do have maybe a lot of very low equity could be causing a higher debt to equity. But I, I, I would say there's some caution here that I'd be kind of worried on. And the time to buy this was probably back at the start of the uh, pandemic because it was probably much lower. And but now I think we could be looking at because what we're looking at now is not, you know, pandemic stocks. We're looking at what's going to be the reopening uh, and, and, and that, you know, and what's funny about that, that's so easy to predict because, you know, it's going to reopen. You just don't know when. So, yeah. And I, I do think like uh, Albertsons and, you know, I'll tell you the other one we we're looking at was Sprouts Farmers Market. Um, we were looking at them. But the problem that we weren't excited about was I think they'll do OK even during a reopening. But I, don't, I think you're going to miss out on a lot of other opportunities. And that's the thing about running a concentrated portfolio is you're, you're going to not be able to buy everything you want to buy. And I do think that an Albertsons or a Sprouts Farmers Market eh, could be up like 10%. But I think the reopening stocks are going to be the ones where you're going to have the biggest opportunity and they present the best value. Where Albertsons, eh, I think it'll be fine. Yeah. It's just not as going to be as big of a winner. Yeah, and, and pays at 2.7% dividend. So I, I guess what we're saying here, uh, Bruce, it's 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 okay, but we're just not really ex- excited about it. And I think they could have some headwinds over the next 12 to 24 months because of things changing, more people eating out. Already? Thanks a lot, fellas. Have a nice day. You Bye-bye. too, Bruce. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. You know, and, and again, Chase, I was going to say, you know, we just didn't get excited about it as we did with that company, Zizzy. Yeah. Busy. I did that on purpose, <laughs> <No>. yeah. <laughs> well, the, it, it's interesting because that's one mistake that, and, and as you always kind of say, the beautiful thing about this job is you're always learning. There's always new things you kind of find. And, and I'll say we, we made a mistake several years ago. We, we kind of bought a company, I'll say, not similar to Albertsons, but I felt the same way. It's like, ah, oh, we kind of have some cash. Yeah, you know, let's buy it. 
Yeah. And it didn't do well for us. And right. there was no excitement behind it. And I don't know if it could sense our lack of enthusiasm, but it just didn't perform <laughs> very well for well, us. <laughs> I don't think they knew that Wilsey Asset Management bought that company. It's a pretty big company. But but again, it was just like, yeah, it's okay. What could go wrong here as opposed – and it was a decent value based on the numbers, yeah. but it wasn't that great value. And that's what we've done best is waiting for the great values. And and they're they're out there, but you got to – yeah, again, we've gotten, you know, from our radio show, we've gotten things like, yeah, it looks good into that. That looked pretty good. Uh, we do a lot of reading. We do a lot of watching on CNBC and stuff and just looking at different companies and find those great values um, that are great values. People like, yeah, it's okay. Because what happens after two years, maybe it, maybe it's flat. Maybe you got the, the dividend of 2 to 3%. Like, yeah, you're, you're not excited about it, especially when you see anybody else making all kinds of money. So, yeah, yeah we really like to get excited about something before you put it in the portfolio. So, all righty, phone numbers uh, 866-577-2473. Again, that's 866-577-2473. And we do have some on Facebook, too, if we want to take that one, or we can take the calls. Uh, you know what? Let's take the call, then we'll do the Facebook one. That How's sounds that? good. Okay. So let's go out to Alpine and speak with Jim. Jim, you're on the Smart Vest Show, Brent Chase. How can we help you? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you this morning? Good. How are you doing this morning? Beautiful day out there, right? Uh, oh, man. It's just a San Diego morning. What can I tell you? <laughs> Worth all those taxes yeah. we're paying. <laughs> oh, almost. Almost. Hey, two quick points. Two quick points. I don't know what the no cash deal, you know, you were talking about earlier is going to do to the mugging and mugging industry. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, I try to carry four or five hundred dollars in cash in my wallet all the time. And yes, I may lose it. But if I get mugged, I want them to be happy with the mugging. If you know what I mean. <laughs> that's, that's a very good I'm point. Serious. Because Chase- I'm serious. If, yeah. if, they, if, they, if they pull a gun on you and risk a lot of jail time and they only get 20 bucks, they're going to be upset. <laughs> or, or Chase with nothing. Like, what? <laughs> I don't even have a watch well, you can take. <laughs> your iPhone. I'm just, what, yeah. I'm just saying I think it's a safer bet to give them a few hundred bucks and let them run away. I, I like your thought but, process, Jim. <laughs> yeah. And one other thing on oil. It, it, when I think about it in a certain way, oil is in 100% of what we do. Mm-hmm. Every, everything is delivered. So it's got some transportation costs for the oil. And oil is in a lot of things other than transportation. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I just I, I think it's just we're always going to have oil no matter what they do with the electric cars and stuff like that. And, and I also do believe it's going to be a long time before we see electric airplanes. Yeah, uh, an and I don't know about you, but I I will not be one of the first people on an electric airplane. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's one up at the Mojave Airport, um, oh. an electric airplane. Oh, um, but uh, it's an experimental thing. But let's get on with sure. uh, Omega Health, yes. please. Yeah. So uh, so you, do you hold that? Them, looking at buying it? Healthcare. We'll go, go ahead. I, I hold it. I hold it. I was looking at buying some more. You talked about a healthcare REIT last week, I believe it was, and you liked it. I want to see if you like this one as well. Okay, uh, let's take a look at Omega Healthcare Investors Incorporated, symbol is OHI. Uh, PE ratio forty three point two versus not material for the industry. Price to sales seven point five versus one point nine. We do see price to book value two point one. That is higher, more expensive than the industry at one point three, and price of cash flow thirteen point five versus not material. Now you do get a nine point three percent dividend. Don't get too excited because they're using. 288% of their earnings to pay that out. We do see year-over-year sales are down 2.9%, not as bad as decline in the industry of 10. And then earnings per share fell by 574 
industry down 198. Now, it is a read, I believe, so the balance sheet is a little bit different, but I do see a debt equity of 138, and that is good compared to the industry at 274. Uh, return on equity, 4.1 versus a negative 3.3. We do see net profit margin, 17.8, well above the industry at 5.5 negative. And then we see a return of 45.6 versus 6.6. Jace, what do you got for the earnings there? Yeah, so current price here for Omega Healthcare Investors, $28.81, 52-week high, $45.22, and 52-week low, $13.33. Now, one thing I'll, I'll tell you here, Jim, is we were a little bit worried about the payout ratio, but as we talked about, it is a real estate investment trust, so we look more at the funds from operations rather than the earnings, and it, it appears like this company must have a lot of depreciation or something because their earnings or just for example, in 2021, or $1.62. But I look at the FFO estimation of $3.21. They must have a lot of uh, non-cash expenses there. Uh, but if we use the $3.21, we do get a very nice target sell price of $52. So I, I would want to see what's the difference between the FFO and the earnings per share just to kind of get a better understanding. But based on the funds from operations, it, it does look look very undervalued. And also, too, you understand what the, because the, it's a medical omega, uh, what kind of, because we hold a, a medical read in our portfolio. We know they hold hospitals and, and surgical centers, you know, worldwide. Sure. What does this company do? Sometimes you might have one that's just kind of concentrated in one area, uh, one region. So you want to really understand this REIT because you get a great dividend. What did I say the dividend was? 9.7% or something? There, there could be a reason for that being that high. And you just want to really understand what medical things Omega is doing because they may have some strange thing. Uh, I, I just worry seeing a dividend that high. It, it gives me caution. What it gives me. So. Well, I mean, part of that reason is it was it was roughly about a $42 stock for quite a while. And then uh, COVID hit, mm-hmm. you know, and dropped it to 28, which obviously bumps the yield. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, it sounds like it's got some good news and some bad news about it and some stuff to be curious about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the reason we had didn't drop that much. I mean, that's almost, a, what, a 50% drop, I'd, I'd say, from where it was before. Yeah. Uh, our REIT didn't drop that much, but we looked at the contracts, and I, and I think they've been being paid on 98% of the contracts. Yeah. Maybe this company has different contracts that they're not getting paid on for whatever reason. Uh, maybe they have hospitals sure. that are really kind of uh, really having problems. Uh, so important again, and when you're buying a real estate REIT, to understand what they're doing uh, with those, that that real estate. What are they What are they investing in? So, already. Yeah. No. No. Now, a medical REIT has the same what ninety percent mandatory payout ratio that a that a standard real estate REIT has. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, gentlemen. Well, it's always a joy listening to you. Keep it up. Thank you. All right, and keep that money in your pocket in case you get. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I just think it's uh, the safest way to go through life. I, that's just another. That's just my opinion. I like it. It's a tip. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Jim. All, All right, right, gentlemen. Have All fun. Right. Bye. 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 All right. Uh, so we have a Facebook one that you said that we. Um, yeah, and it's uh, from Jason Roos, and he, he was asking, and he's trying to double dip today. We don't have time to, to answer both right. of them. And I know he asked about Intel last week as well, so I figure we'll take a look at Intel for him. Okay. Um, and he just wanted to make sure the numbers were updated because when we tried to look at it last week, they had just reported and we didn't get updated numbers. So let's hope that we do have new numbers for Intel. And the answer is yes, we do. Good. Okay, so we got uh, new numbers on Intel. Symbol INTC. So Jason will take a look at uh, Intel here for you. Uh, a very good start. P.E. ratio 8.7 versus 33.8. Price to sales 2.3 versus 5.5. That's very good. 
Price to book value, 4.8 versus 27. And we know this company has a lot of assets on their balance sheet, strong, tangible assets. And then price of cash flow, 5.3 versus 17.3. So the valuation ratios look very good for Intel. We do see a 3% dividend. They only use 25% of their earnings to pay that out. We see sales did climb year over year by 10.9% above the industry at one8 and earnings per share over the last 12 months, year over year, climbed 19.5% when the industry was down 29.7. So amazing how, I guess, the industry is not looking at these numbers from Intel. Growing sales, growing earnings, but yet the stock has been falling, which you all know probably why Jason's calling on it. Balance sheet, current ratio 1.7 versus 2.2. Debt to equity 49 versus 74. Return on equity, wow, 29.5 versus 133 Net profit margin, 28.1 versus 14. And inventory turnover, 3.8 versus 4.7. The only thing I've seen negative so far. And the receivable turnover is 11 versus 7. What do you got for the numbers going forward, Chase? Yeah, so current price here for Intel, $44.28. Off the 52-week high, of course, is $69.29. If people have been worried about their nanometer, 7 nanometer chips and kind of the future of Intel, but... I'm not too worried about that. Uh, we've talked about that a lot in the past, but I do see here 52-week low, $43.61, so near that. But if I look out to December 2021, I see estimated earnings of $4.55, which gives you a target sell price of $73.71. I mean, the valuations look strong. I know they they do invest a lot in research and development. They have a good balance sheet. They are having some problems with competition, I'll say, right mm-hmm. now. But I, I'm confident that they can turn things around. They're, they're not looking at, oh, what's going to happen next year? They're looking in five, ten years down the road. And I, I still do believe Intel can turn things around and, and be a, a giant in this field. Yeah, and, they're, and they're, they're a boring technology company. But they are they're focusing more on uh, AI, artificial intelligence. They're focusing more on the cloud. They're doing all these right 5G. things. 5G. 5G, another big one there. They're, they're doing all these right things, but because they're not sexy like an AMD uh, trading at, I think AMD trades at, I don't know, 60 times four things <laughs> or something crazy, and they don't have that seven nanometer chip uh, out yet, or they're, they're slowed. They've always been this way. They're always last to come, but they're such a stable, good company um, that they will pull this through, and you're going to have good five, 10-year returns with an Intel versus uh, an AMD just did that big acquisition, which I'm kind of worried about. I think it was a $35 billion acquisition, which a year ago, that's what the value of AMD was. Sometimes things like that gets the company off track and they can't handle you know, pulling all that new business in and it's a different business. So it could detract from the current business that they're doing, what made them successful. And the CEO, what's her name? Sue. Yeah. Lisa. Sue, Lisa Sue, Sue, yeah. She's a great CEO, but again, you've got to have a lot of people below you. And sometimes I've seen this with AT&T. Uh, I've seen it with other businesses where they, they, they do these big acquisitions. GE. GE. And it's hard to do that. It gets them off track. So, I like the Intels of the world because it's, it, and again, it, it's it's not super exciting, but it's just, it does all the right things. And again, the sales growth are up, earnings growth are up. It's just out of favor right now. I think I have some big numbers over the next few years on Intel. Well, and it's funny because you, you talk about Intel, um, you know, not being first to the party. I, I'm going to use Apple as an example here. Yeah. Apple, I remember in 2000, I think it was 2016, 
Nobody wanted Apple. It was kind of the same. It's a boring technology company. They're not innovative anymore. Tim Cook is just not an innovation guy. He's no, uh, he's no Steve, Steve Jobs. Jobs yeah. you know, so it was kind of a similar situation. And Tim Cook, I, I, I think he's done a phenomenal job yeah. running Apple. Apple's a great company. But the thing is, the valuations now are so expensive. And the reason I bring up Apple is because you don't know when that shift from kind of having that boring technology company like Apple several years ago that nobody wants to all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, wait a minute. This company is very, very undervalued. And of course, now Apple is extremely overvalued, overvalued. but you yeah. never know when that shift is going to happen. And that's why I kind of bring up the research and development and strong balance sheets. I do believe Intel will have that shift down the road. I mean, Microsoft, another example, several years ago that it made that shift and it was with a new CEO. Same thing could happen to Intel. They maybe right. get a new CEO down the road and stock goes crazy. Yeah, yeah. The Microsoft when they got uh, Steve Ballmer out and uh, the it's always so hard. Sahin Natel, I believe his name yeah, is. I forgot how to say his name, but I mean, it, and it's just Apple, not Apple. It, Intel has a lot of benefits to it that I like, and it is exciting because be, before earlier we were talking about it, you know we bought the other company it wasn't exciting. I'm sorry, Intel is still exciting when we look at that. I mean, they're in again 5G, uh, artificial intelligence, the Internet of Things. They got all these different things they're doing, and investors are just frowning upon them because they like AMD because of one thing, the, the, the seven nanometer. And I think investors are missing the boat here. I mean, I I think you could see some big increases in that stock price in the near future. I agree. And, and near future is not tomorrow, next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, n- near for me is like six, 12 months. <laughs> to me is Maybe 18 months. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just a good company. Well, shoot, I, I just got the signal that we got to, uh, I never know, is it the peace sign or you give me two minutes? Yeah, the two minutes. <laughs> so um, I, I will have to apologize to uh, John Coronado. Uh, he wants to talk about Honeywell. Uh, John gives a call next week. We'll look at that. Also to uh, Andrea in Chula Vista, 401k question. Sorry, we can't uh, uh, get you on that as well. Interest rate question. I think it's Andres, but... Oh, Andreas? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I kind of got... You missed the S there. I missed yeah. the S there. I'm, <laughs> I'm missing the Zs and the Vs, the Ss. I'm sorry, Andreas. But, yeah, we um, want to make sure, because that, that's an interesting thing. Oftentimes, we just look at the stock, so it's great to kind of get these other financial questions as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was going to go to Andreas, but we, we unfortunately, he gave me the peace sign, so it's just like that means we don't have much time left. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs> there we go. Peace out. And then it gives me the one. I was thinking like, oh, I'm number one. Thank you there. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, so call back next week. I'd like to answer those questions for you. But um, yeah, a lot of great things. Got the election on Tuesday. I was going to say, it's going to be an interesting week. We've yeah, got a yeah. lot going on. <laughs> yeah, yep, a lot going on. And we were talking early before the show that, uh, what was it, 86 million people have now voted. We may have results uh, on Tuesday night because uh, today's, what, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That's three more days of voting uh, plus election day. We may have some results here, but I think Monday and Tuesday, wow. Uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm even going to look at the, the, the equities that day. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I I can tell you one thing. It's probably going to be volatile. I don't know if it's going to be up or if it's going to be down, yep. but I think it's going to be up and down yep. and don't know which way it's going to go. And I, and I was telling you, I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. It's going to go up and it's going to go down and up and down. That's going to happen throughout the day. So, yeah, um, yeah what's going to happen there? So, And then we also have the cases, you know, which the cases are rising, but it, it's, it's, you know. We, we kind of expected that. You're doing more testing and everything else. You're going to get more cases. So We'll have to see what happens in two weeks because that generally seems to be the lag after these holidays that we've seen in the past with 4th yeah. July. Now we had Halloween this weekend. Is there going to be an increase in cases and people going to panic again? Well, yeah. we'll find and out. Again, I want to focus on what, what initial the scare was back in March. Like, you don't understand. The mortality rate is very high. I think they should be focused on mortality, not, uh, not cases. cases.
All right. Well, there's uh, our closing bell there. Thank you for listening to Smart Investing Show. It is for information purposes only and should not be used as investment advice. If you'd like to discuss in more detail your investment needs, have other investment questions, feel free to call myself, Brent Wilsey, or Chase Wilsey at 858-546-4306. That's 858-546-4306. Or visit our website, smartinvesting2000.com, smartinvesting2000.com. And for more daily educational information along with investment tips, go to our Facebook page, Smart Investing with Brent and Chase Wilsey. Today's show is sponsored in part by Thomson Reuters, Refinitiv, Closing song, My Way, is performed by local entertainer Roman Plasis. Have a great day. We'll talk more next week right here on the Smart Investing Show. This program is sponsored by Wilsey Asset Management.